Time for Rolling. Welcome to Time for Rolling Esports, the weekly podcast that brings you Vainglory Esports. From predictions to recaps and analysis, we present to you the best in professional Vainglory. Now, here's your hosts, Endless and Crude Sloth. It's Time for Rolling. What's up, guys? Uh, I hit record without even knowing. Endless here. We are back for another episode. This one's going to be a little different. Uh, I'm going to be joined with Polly. We're going to talk about 5v5N Worlds. Crude and I kind of sucked. Couldn't plan to get an episode out today that we wanted to. So I wasn't going to release a crappy episode uh, for me and him talking about nothing. So I went ahead. I was going to do it by myself. But I said, you know what? I'll just bring Polly on. He likes to talk about Vanglory as much as I do. So we discussed... 5v5 in Worlds, that interview will be coming up after I do my little intro here. Uh, I want to talk to you guys real quick about the plan for the rest of the year. We will try to stick with the rest of the Tuesday, Thursday. Obviously, it is the 21st. Uh, that's when this episode is going to be released. So we have two more, the 26th to 28th. Hopefully, our plan is to get some two last interviews in with people talking about uh, Worlds and the end of Vanglory uh, 3v3 going into 2018. Uh, we'll see if that does happen or not. Uh, holidays and stuff is around, so it can be kind of difficult to actually plan and, and schedule an interview with people with, with Christmas being right around the corner. Uh, if not, it'll just be crude tonight. We'll just be, you know, talking random stuff like we always do. Um, but <clears throat> for this episode uh, and the rest of the year, it's really just going to be speculation probably for 5v5, talking about what we're excited for. Uh, maybe we'll just do more of what's happening in the community type talk and other and talking with other content creators uh it really is just up up for the air to end the year because going into next year we still have some a few months uh until we start having uh the esports start back up we will have a viz league will be starting up they will be doing their uh 3v3 winter type series lol interesting to see which teams actually get involved if we're going to see the big orgs or if the big orgs going to be preparing for 5v5 and getting their roster set we may see some new players in there that'll be interesting to see um of course our one good friend here that's also having their tournament season five will be starting soon that is uh the nacl league uh they will uh season five registration is open right now the link is in the show notes get your teams in as quick as possible uh i'm actually not even sure if registrations i don't know when it closes but make sure you get your team in there before it does Uh, that is a great tournament hosted by the community can't wait to keep running more and more tournaments obviously i do cast those games as much as i can so you'll definitely be listening to my my uh attempt at casting some vainglory games there and then our other friends of course is the mobile esports that is a great company that focuses on all things mobile esports they are pioneering trying to pioneer this new market mobile esports is this new thing to this world we are trying to get more and more community events uh for vainglory more tournaments for vainglory i'm trying to get them more involved with it as i think it is the best mobile game out there they already run great tournaments for things like uh critical ops clash royale uh newer titles such as you know rules of survival and um you know war friends those are all great games so if you want to follow them make sure you do that at esports underscore mobile they also have uh you know their own website they have their youtube you can subscribe to where they keep where they do a lot of their streams at there 
Uh, but right now they're doing their grand giveaway. Uh, this is a great chance to get maybe a new iPad Pro, uh, maybe a Razer phone. But first, the grand prize winner gets a $100 gift card, G Fuel products, HyperCloud X gaming S, uh, headset, and a SteelSeries Stratus XL controller. So there's nine runner-ups as well. So 10 people win. It's a great chance. Go ahead and get involved in that. Uh, there's no reason not to. It's, it's free. It's free prizes. Uh, but definitely be looking out for more things from Mobile Esports. So excited to be on board with them trying to do as much stuff around Vainglory as possible. Um, but I think that is all I have. Let's go ahead and get into this interview. I hope you guys enjoy. The right targets. That is one trade. T Tigers is still pretty healthy. Tries to jump in. He finds one. This is a big turnaround for Liberation X. They might get the third. They might find an ace here on two lost boy top. Surrey strike is not oh. enough. Because it goes down. He might go for Donna Twips. He's gonna get one. He's gonna get two. Lost boy oh. top. Time for rolling. Say, I have a <clears throat> iPhone 7 Plus, and it's pretty, pretty decent size to play on. I'm just gonna stick with the iPad, I think. What iPad do you play on? I just play on an iPad Mini 4. Yeah, that's what I have. Is an iPad Mini, and it works pretty well. Yeah, I feel like an iPad Pro would be too big. So, right. iPad Mini. I played on that first for the longest time, and then um, I didn't. Like, I don't know, I switched the phone just because my iPad was getting slower, because I only have iPad Mini 2, so it's already getting slower, and I just need to get a new iPad Mini. It's kind of like the perfect size. It's big, but not too big. I have a feeling I'm going to have to get a new iPad. I might try to, like, to see, I don't know how 5 is going to run on it. Mm, yeah, I don't think 5 5 will run on my iPad Mini 2. <laughs> no. I know they say, like, oh, if you can play 3v3 on your device, you can play 5 5 but how well will you be able to play it? I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. Recording. Episode 69. All right. <clears throat> hey, how's it going, guys? Welcome to episode 69 of Time for Rolling Esports. Uh, we are back. We took Tuesday off. Um, did not want to do an episode then. I needed to, I needed to recover from my sickness I, uh, I got after I stayed up for way too many hours in a row watching Worlds. Uh, unfortunately, Crude is not here, uh, mostly because me and him suck at planning, and we both were busy on different nights. But I didn't want to skip another day, so I was like, you know what, I'll just do something by myself, or I'll just you know, think of something else to do, which my plan was to bring Polly back on. How's it going, man? Going pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Polly was on with Mags and Burger to do his uh, picks and preview of Worlds. Uh, I'm going to bring him back on. We're just going to do a little chat about his thought of Worlds overall, get someone else's opinion about all the crazy stuff that happened, maybe discuss a little 5v5, and uh, I'll probably just bring you a short episode. Will it be short? Who knows? Uh, knowing me, I talk too much, and uh, I also will be doing my own little uh, preview of the end of the year and what Recruit and I's plan is, but that'll be after Polly and I finish this. So, um, did you survive four days of Worlds? Yeah, it was tough. It was like crazy. I had like alarms set for all hours of the <laughs> night and waking up and, and like the the light of the iPad illuminating the entire room through all throughout the evening. It was pretty crazy. 
did you have certain games that you like wanted to watch so you stayed up for those and then other ones you like fell asleep because i knew some people were just like i'm gonna sleep during this game and i'll get back up by this game yeah i wanted to watch like tsm yeah and then once it got to like semifinals, i just watched all the games yeah i think uh I, I stayed up for a lot of them. Crude and I ended up doing the whole kind of, I'll stay up for the main night, and then he'll kind of watch the morning. Because day one, of course, was like 13 hours straight of, not necessarily straight, because we had breaks of technology difficulties and all that kind of crazy stuff. I was not expecting day one to go as poorly as it did. Uh, I'm sure SCMC oh didn't either, God. but it was... Uh, I mean, like that production company, just like whoever they used, in singapore for their production company like i doubt that they'll ever do business with them again yeah i mean they they got things fixed for the most part there were still a few issues here and there like on day two and day three was pretty good but like day one day one wasn't just like one issue like it never stopped like throughout the whole day Mm -hmm. (laughs) like even when the second stream was fired up and they were running on that secondary stream the audio on that was so terrible people like were still complaining and the audio is just as bad as it not even being on in the first place (laughs) yeah i was really happy that they pulled like they turned it around and i was like i almost like i was dying when the 5v5 client crashed So I wasn't really, like, upset about that because, you know, that was, like, okay, you know, 5v5, like, who knows what's going to happen. But when it crashed, it was so epic. Like, it couldn't have been a better time for it to crash. Like, right before TSM could have maybe won. I know. It was so bad. But, you know, at least they had a – the showcase was still really fun. I know, like, I was so blinded by the fact that 5v5 was so awesome. Yeah, I was not expecting it to look as good as it did. Um, I don't know. I just wasn't expecting to be that hyped. Like, we were all, like, hyped. We couldn't wait. We've been hearing about 5v5 forever. And we actually see it. And uh, I don't know. It's just amazing to see people on Twitter that definitely the people that are, like, very troll and they like to talk smack about SCMC. Like, seeing all of them being like, holy crap, I can't wait for 5v5. Like, SCMC created something awesome. So, hopefully, that continues and more and more people join in on the fun. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that people tend to complain too much about the game and just like, oh, this hero's broken, oh, SCMC, Blitz is pay to win. It's kind of like, why don't you just like give them a break and realize that this game is pretty young and they're like trying to trailblaze a market all, you know, like, right. like they don't realize that like mobile esports and like mobile gaming, it's not as established as the other markets. And <laughs> it's like SCMC right. has quite the challenge yeah and then you know people i mean we don't have to get into this completely we'll go back to the worlds but like you know comparing aov to vanglory and all that kind of stuff like testing gaming is like games or testing games is like one of the largest they own everything so like the Mm -hmm. fact that they do so well with marketing and they have so many players and i think i just saw sweet j tweet something about how uh, over in China, they had announced that they had had like 10 million some downloads already outside of that market or something. I don't really know what it was, but like people are just like, oh, SMC, you need to do better. I'm just like, do you realize SMC started like three years ago in someone's kitchen? Like, we're not mm-hmm. talking about a m- organization that is as big as testing like gaming. I mean, people are comparing the two games and all this, you know, competition. I mean, I think there is a competition between the two, but not at the same point, not really. I mean, I think they still are two di- very different games. I don't really mm-hmm. see yeah. the competitive scene in AOV being as serious as it's going to be in 
of Anglory. For me, like, I'm, like, sorry to, like, people who like AOV, but, like, to me, AOV is something that maybe is more fun to play when you're maybe in the bathroom, and Vainglory is something that I would play, like, in my free time, like, in my <laughs> living room, sitting on the couch, you know what I mean? Like, AOV is something like, yeah, I got 10 minutes to kill, I'll play a round of AOV. Right, right. But, like, I would never really be like, I'm going to set aside, like, three hours of my day to play AOV, like I do yeah and I, I think that's the casual aspect of vainglory or the of casual aspect of aov because like for me i just started playing it just to test it out obviously that's the been the big topic on twitter and everything is people talking about aov saying we can't keep trashing it you know it's good for mobile gaming yeah i agree with all that so i was playing it and it was fun like i was like oh i just lost two rank games on vainglory i was you know super competitive competitive trying as hard as i could let me just jump on aov real quick and go 34 and one and win a game real quick in 12 minutes like it's just a different type of game i get a different i get something different out of it so i mean yeah there's definitely a there's definitely space in the market for both of them but it's gonna be i feel like it's gonna be like the whole dota versus league thing the people who really like dota say league is like not is like Get compared to it, and the mm. people who really like League say the same thing about Dota. But the two can coexist just fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with AOV. I think Bangalore's graphics and the look of Five v Five just puts anything else to shame. Honestly, it just like you, you, when you when I saw Five v Five, I was like, this is truly. I truly feel like I'm looking at a game on a PC. Like it almost looked better than League. Like I don't know, like just the graphics and mm-hmm. the artwork were was so good on five v five. And like the controls in AOV are just embarrassing, man. Like the f- controls in Vainglory are so nice, mm-hmm. awesome. But like joystick, I hate games with joystick. Like yeah. I, I hate it. You know, like and that's like the biggest reason why I will never play AOV. I can't handle the like the whole joysticks game. Yeah, it's thing. Yeah. It's definitely going to be like your personal perspective. I didn't think the joystick was as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, it definitely is mm-hmm. weird, like using it. I don't feel like it's as like I don't have to be perfect like I do in Vainglory. Like I definitely have to be tapping correctly, and I, you can miss tap. You can make a lot more mistakes. That's why I think Vainglory is so much more competitive. There's a higher skill cap. You have to practice and learn a lot more in Vainglory. I mean, it could be just because I have MOBA experience, so I can jump on AOV and casually go 34-1 and one and have no problem. I mean, I have, mm-hmm. I've had bad games since I've been getting more into it and playing probably better players, but I mean, for the most part, it's like I, I don't really have to use too much of a skill cap. Every hero has, like, you don't have to, like, block a stun. Every hero has stuns on that, I feel like, an AOV, so everyone just is, like, stunning each other over and over and over, and there's not really much you can do to, uh, to beat someone in a team fight. It's just basically whoever gets the better build quicker because there's really no like fountain crucibles, that kind of stuff to uh, to hit and to keep yourself alive. Yeah, I think that's where Vainglory is just so like original. The items, the way it's played, like, yeah, everyone's like, oh, but you only get three abilities in Vainglory. It's like, yeah, but that doesn't like limit mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the extent to like each hero has three abilities, sure, but you also have activatables. You also have your positioning in the fights. Like, it's so much deeper than just, like, oh, let me use three abilities. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so if we do rotate back then to Worlds, uh, at, at this point, day one, two, and three, uh, nothing 
it really wasn't like too exciting when it comes to the future of Vainglory. We hadn't seen 5v5 yet. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, group stage, a lot of crazy stuff happened. You know, Rocks Armada, that, that's a big one we can talk about. We can talk about um, Team Solo Mid. We'll put the two giants on the back burner real quick. Do you have any teams that I'm looking at your bracket currently? Um, I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember all the teams, but were there any teams specifically that really surprised you? I know for me, the two teams from China were definitely my biggest surprise during group stages. I think G2 really surprised me. Okay, yeah, you had them getting knocked out of Group B. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, they just surprised me. I think Hondor stepped up, played better than I thought he was going to play. Just, like, on Vox especially, because he was so used to all these Crystal Mages. I just didn't expect him to show up so much at Worlds. And I didn't expect Dark Potato to either, but I was yeah. kind of happy to see it. You know, happy to be wrong about it. So mm-hmm. that was pretty much my big one. And yeah. I, and the SEA teams, too. A lot better. A lot of people thought they. Yeah, like impunity definitely made a nice little run, um, all the way to semifinals. I know tribe, and when you look at tribe rocks and impunity, I just, I just, there's just no way rocks or tribe get knocked out, and rocks just, oh, rocks was not even where close to, uh, to what we've seen before. And TSM, I don't know if we put rocks and TSM against each other, who wins that game? <laughs> TSM probably actually. Yeah, probably. Like, I think. It was just, I just don't know what happened, man. Like, Von C was making these plays, and, like, he just, it seemed like he got tilted or something. I mm-hmm. don't know. But, like, the game where he picked Weapon Alpha into, like, Rona. Like, what kind of pick is that? That's, like, the worst thing. Like, it's your nightmare. Like, your nightmare when you're playing a melee, Weapon Power melee jungler. Like, oh, God, they have Rona. Or, oh, God, they have right like why would you ever pick rona like an alpha into and then even then he was like diving in 1v3 to try to save crystal miner it's just such a bad call it seems like they had they just didn't understand like they forgot yeah. everything about how to drink yeah it, it was like i mean classic von c i get his no fear just fight he does do he like initiates a lot of fight and really hopes his team can like come in and save him. But there was times that he'd be running away and he would turn around and prime directive right into the middle of three people. I'm just like, why are you going back in? Like, who's shot calling this to be like, yeah, this is a good idea right now. And and best Chuck did his best. I don't think he did like amazing. He you know he's done some pretty hard carrying. I felt like during autumn, but I just don't think. No matter anything that they were doing wasn't very strong. Of course, they picked Alpha back to back. They weren't really doing anything special with their drafts. I felt like. Yeah, and I think that they really missed the ball, like the message there on like, jungle Lorelei, which turned out to be a huge in the tournament. Right, coming out of the jungle for the EA team. So, mm-hmm. you know, like that's something where I can't believe that they didn't like put Chuck on this hype. Put Chuck on like Baron. And put Fonsi on that jungle Lorelei so that by late, yeah, act as like a second support. Just think that maybe they didn't prepare enough for worlds, and everything just they just seemed really like disjoint on the map. It didn't seem like that's wasn't. Yeah, he. I don't know. 
TSM definitely came in, and I just have always been someone thing like where I'm like, oh, they're my favorites coming in. I really want them to do well. They need to do well because every time we see them on the stage, it just doesn't work. I think that's just I don't know if it's a mental thing, something that uh, is just in their head that they need to get over when it comes to when you're on live stage. It's kind of crazy to see some teams come in and have such a huge like buff and a boost from uh, being on that stage, and they play so well. And then you have teams like a TSM who just like kind of just crumble and disappoint. I mean, I'm sure they hate hearing it and they know it, but I mean, they, they literally come out every live event and they just can't, can't finalize what they started during the regular seasons or during the splits. Yeah. And I really think that this, that roster is going to change. I can yeah. see that happening. Like I really hope TSM doesn't drop their, like out of Vainglory altogether, I can't imagine they would with five v five coming. Mm-hmm. But I could also see TSM being like, "We're like this is the end of the Flash X makes our team era," and they just ditch every, you know what I mean? They just cut everybody from the team because there's a there's two new teams in the VG eight that don't have a yeah, you know, there's like there's like there's well there's team what is it team hazard. Yeah, Team That's Hazard the that, is the one that probably could be picked up. Vision mm-hmm. Gaming, you know, technically Vision they, Gaming. they yeah, are technically. part of an org, um, but who knows? Because we've seen obviously big orgs get bought out or yeah. sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just something I'm curious. It'll be really interesting. And like, maybe the best thing for TSM is to just start new. I don't know. I really, really think Chuck's going to Cloud Nine. <laughs> like, I I really think that Dude, that's gonna happen. I just Oh my god, that would be nuts. I just that's okay, like to be 100% honest, that's something I don't want to see. I'm not saying Chuck going to Cloud9 will make this happen, but I do not want to see a combination of two rosters that make such a superstar team that we have no competition and that team just runs all over everyone for the beginning. Which that's what we kind of saw in the beginning of 3v3, the one team, you know, TSM and Cloud9 always running all over everyone. And in this last couple of uh, splits, it's gotten closer and closer in in competition, but like if if best Chuck goes to Cloud9 and then one more person that's decent like oh that's gonna be deadly well i don't like i know he really like him in like old school always like at the live events seem to get along pretty well like, everyone else is shaking hands they're like hugging mm-hmm. so, like they're obviously friends chuck's the best player on team his team totally failed it i thought it worked like they didn't put him in a position where he could be successful as a laner right they didn't like his jungler didn't play well, so like they go into the games with a bad draft. So already he's at a disadvantage. And his jungler plays like every solo queue and tries to one v three the end, right? Like hmm. he, I feel like he got totally failed at Worlds. So like, why wouldn't he go to Cloud Nine? And that's the best chance for like if he goes to Cloud Nine. If I was him, being like, what's the best chance for me to win? Of course, go to Cloud Nine. Like that's yeah. perfect. A perfect roster. At that point, I guess it's no different than normal sports when you see players that are so high skilled kind of be on a team where the team's basically the the main thing holding them back from getting that championship or truly putting them on a on like a pedestal that they can like thrive on. So, I mean, it's gonna be insane to see what happens. I, I don't know how long it's gonna take until things start happening i'm sure lots of teams have holiday like the holidays and all this kind of stuff so uh february is when five five releases uh the regular season probably doesn't start until like march or something but i know like viz league is doing like a normal 3v3 
winter tournament. Mm-hmm. So that'd be interesting to see which teams like still want to take the time to play in that and get some more practice in. I'm not sure what kind of teams uh, we'll see in that Viz League, but that'll be nice to have some filler of tournaments. Of course, the mm-hmm. NACL will be gone as well. Shout out to NACL. But um, 5-5 is just going to be – it's going to be chaotic, I think, for the first season just because of all the changes. I, I talked to some teams, and they're like, for the most part, they have no changes besides adding, like, a player to fill that 5-5, which I think is good. Um, but I definitely do think teams will be kind of switching things up, especially if – you know, you look at Gangstars. Like, what is Gangstars going to look like when it comes to 5v5? Yeah, I don't know. Like, they probably will try to pick up Team Hazard, right. I would imagine. Like, I feel like there's really no orgs left. Like, Tribe's not changing. Like, they're not changing. <clears throat> no. <laughs> they just won a world championship. They're not going to change. Cloud9 will probably stay relatively the same. Just add a player. Like, either a support or another lane. Mm. And then it's like, I feel like the two biggest mis- are TSM and five TSM and who? I think you broke up there. And gang- oh, sorry, TSM and Gangstars. Okay. Um, yeah, because if Gangstars tries to pick up Hazard, I mean, I think Hazard still is a team that's going to have to have some type of rework. That's why I feel so terrible for Vision and Hazard. Like, you finally got into VG8, but guess what? It's a whole new format and probably going to be a whole new type of tournament. Um, like, that's going to be rough for them to have to switch everything up, basically, going into that. But, I mean, who knows? It'll be interesting to see what truly does happen and what kind of superstar uh, rosters we see formed. Um, rest of group stages, though, for Worlds. Day one, yeah, we saw TSM obviously getting knocked out. So that was kind of insane seeing um, seeing Detonation, Rocks, TSM, all of them getting knocked out. Having the two NA teams left, uh, Cloud9 was probably the favorite going into it. Uh, seeing Cloud9 versus Tribe and then uh, in the semis and then Impunity versus Ace. When you saw that Cloud9 versus Tribe, was it still like, you know, Cloud9 7 and 0 going into it? Did Tribe have any chance in your mind or? Um, I thought it was going to be close. I still thought Cloud9 was playing on another. But definitely, like, their obsession with putting Old School on Vox <laughs> seemed, seemed to be the downfall of them in Worlds because like, they just kept on picking Vox. And, yeah, it's worked for them all season. But I think that it just finally caught up to them. Yeah, I mean, like, the, you look at the third-place match, and he played Vox every time and one of the matches he like was like oh and six they still won but i don't know what was going on with old school to be honest like he just yeah playing the same hero over and over like that maybe trying to do something different to just get him in a different mode that he could play better on a different hero um mm-hmm. drafting wise i wasn't like really impressed with Cloud9's draft. I mean, especially when they draft game one and they get Vox, Fortress, and Adagio. I know the Adagio is a little weird, especially probably because they're just trying to take the weapon power Adagio away from Dienzio. But you see a Vox and a Vox and Fortress. It's a comp they don't really lose on. So when they come out and lose on that comp right away, I'm sure old school is like, yikes, this is not good. Yeah, I mean, I told in the show we did last time with Megs and Burgers, I told... I like I remember mentioning that and Burger was like, Oh, and there's no way they're gonna run Fortress Fox random support. And I'm like, Man, 
they do that all the time. It's all they do. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and I just, I think, I mean, Tribe going into it, they definitely prepared for that. Like, if you're if you're going to play Cloud9, and you're like, what's one, if we had to prepare against one comp, or learn to play against one comp, you'd be like, Jungle Fortress and Vox. Yeah. I mean, it's always been their go-to that they uh, can win on and rely on. If something happens, they can go back to that. They start out with that against Tribe. Tribe next game uh, drafts pretty much the same thing. They were running that Rona early on, and they go ahead and pick up the Weapon Power Sky, which that Weapon Power Sky wasn't even the buffed Weapon Power Sky that happens in 2.11. Weapon Power Sky got a buff in 2.11, but that was 2.10. But D&D was still showing that. You know, a three-item sky like that, you can just kite around with enough crowd control from your team. So that was like a big focus going into the championships. Basically, you just need to keep Weapon Power Sky off of Dianzio. And I don't know, Zio just truly proved that he just has the confidence and the ability to just make plays and just can be the perfect amount of aggressive and have the right positioning in order to win. And after I saw that game one against Cloud9, I was like, ah, Tribe's going to win it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But also, like, man, Max Green showed up, like, yeah, hardcore. Like, he was making, he was playing, some of the plays he was making were just, he stunned someone out of a gauntlet with a, like, that's insane. <clears throat> with a what? With the churn ult, with the trespass, uh, he stunned uh, someone out of the gauntlet. Like, what the hell? Like, I can't even, I, I struggle to use churn's ult. And like sometimes I'll use it, and be like, "Oh wow, was I even chained to like anybody?" I think I was chained to a minion, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like, oh well, oops." <laughs> yeah, the the turn alts are kind of impressive. He had a couple steals on the the crystals, the miner or the gold miner. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, Max definitely stepped up. He proved uh, that he was top the top captain in that tournament. Gabe Vizzle's always been. Uh, that kind of person. I think Gabe still played well. Unfortunately, he just didn't... I'm not saying get carried by old school like he normally does, but old school definitely was just not the normal... his normal his normal self. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going into the finals of, you know, Ace versus... Well, finals. Let's talk about finals real quick. They played third place first, then 5v5, then grand finals. And I think me and you felt the same way. After we saw 5v5, I really wasn't excited to watch the grand finals. <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> like there's four less people on this map right now than, than I want there. Like, why is the map so small? Like, they really, really shouldn't have done that. I, felt... I, I think at one point there was like 46,000 people during like the third place going into 5v5. And then it got so late in the night, you're losing a lot of people that couldn't stay up any longer. And you're back down to like 25,000 for the grand finals. So I think like they, I don't know, like the third place match, I get why that's important, but really like why start out with that? I think if you start out with five grand finals, 5v5 and just end on third place match or just do it off stream. I'm sorry. It was a 3-0 game, I guess, just because it was impunity in the third place match and, like, that's the home crowd. Um, but if you rework that schedule, I feel like a lot of people stick around for the 5v5 grand finals. And, like, I don't know if they put this much thought into it, but was someone sitting down and being like, all right, let's look at our schedule in the time zones and 
where our viewing demographic lives and make sure that the, the stream times match up with our demographic so we can get the most views. Like, were they even thinking about that? Or were they just like, well, it's in Singapore, so let's go off Singapore anytime. Yeah, I don't know if it's just like they have to get a decent enough time in Singapore so like the people could come and everything, but you at least could do as much as you could to make it decent for us over here. Like you couldn't make everything perfect, but like the finals, for instance, like people could survive the 2 a.m., 1 a.m. time frame. But like once you get to like that four and five after people have been up, that's when you start like people can't do it anymore. And that's when you start losing them. So playing the grand finals around four, like five, six a.m., like you, you could catch the people that slept all night long and missed five v five in the third place, and they could wake up in time just for grand finals. Or you could just play the grand finals first when the stream first starts, when people are up and hyped and got that adrenaline going to watch it. Yeah, and like most of the players who were there weren't on, were jet lagged, probably never even adjusted to the Singapore time zone. So like, it wouldn't have really been that detrimental. Yeah, true. Times right, like. I just don't understand. Yeah, I, I think their numbers were decent enough for the most part. Uh, day one, you know, we saw the numbers at twenty thousand or twenty twenty thousand drop all the way uh, down to like eleven thousand. They lost like nine thousand people just because it was so long of not knowing what was happening. The worst part is when much was like, "We'll be back in like ten minutes," and then an hour goes by without any like true word about what's happening it's just like eh, i don't know if you say we'll be back in 10 minutes and then it'd be an hour without truly letting people know what's happening i mean they were trying to on twitter with a few tweets here and there but other than that <laughs> yeah like imagine you're like hey i've never heard of angler it's on the front page of i'm gonna check it out yeah and then you go to that yeah it's unfortunate. Just, i don't like setback yeah, I mean, you see the emblem just rotating over and over on the homepage, and you're like, is this is this what Vainglory is, or is this something supposed to be happening? Yeah, and I was, like, really getting sick of listening to Playoff Beard yeah. to the oh. point now where like, I can't hear his voice anymore without having Flash. <laughs> I think that was actually one of their big problems, and I think they started getting so many complaints in Twitch chat and Twitter that they like turned it off and just like had the emblem rotate because it was just like, why, why are you making us watch the same player intro over and over? They didn't prepare for different intros to play just in case they had almost two hours of downtime. You know, you know, it's almost, it almost would have just been better for them to be be playing like vods, qualifying. Right. You know, like, here's what Vainglory looks like for audiences <laughs> who've never seen it before. People who are tuning into the first time have like a little thing going around along the bottom that says, Hi, we're experiencing technical difficulties, but here are the qualifying matches for world. Right. And like they don't have the they didn't have that preparation be able to pull that out, I guess, in order to do that. <laughs> I don't know. It's always should have they should have done failure mode and effects analysis on the uh, <laughs> on worlds. It's just <laughs> it's something you do in engineering. I guess, so. but they should have they should have they should have had it on the go for worlds. Yeah, I'm sure they. I'm sure SMC people were not like, oh, this is great, like it's fine, we'll just suck it up. No, I'm sure there was a lot of 
a lot of talk about uh, this is not okay. Like I saw a couple of videos of like one of the CEOs just chilling in the crowd during the downtown downtime. I'm like, I bet he is not happy right now. Like I get they're working as hard as they can to get it back up, but I mean, like you said, they did partner with someone in order to have production go smoothly. And like you do test runs, do you not? You do practice runs. You make sure everything's working before you start that day, and everything supposedly is. And then the first game that comes out there's technical issues on the box like it's like ooh, that sucks my live stream one two three that's what got me oh like did they even change the title like are you kidding me right now like i saw my live stream one two three and i was like oh my god like what is happening right now and of course that became a meme mm-hmm. like immediately yeah, at least we got good memes like that's one thing that was positive coming out of day one we had a lot of good memes we got a lot of good jokes on twitter yeah i mean whatever like in the end i don't think that it'll go on to have m- much effect it's just someone definitely is getting fired somewhere because of what happened <laughs> <laughs> possibly yeah it could be um <clears throat> but yeah so the rest of the world's does for the most part go off without a bang there was the one issue with 5v5 that we talked about but the 5v5 matches the first one was kind of that pbe uh testing match which was interesting to watch because it was different format there was a lot more just running around killing each other not as much strategy or like turtling that we kind of saw eventually in the the na versus sea regions um but anything specific that you saw um about the 5v5 map or the objectives that you really liked or most excited about uh i like the dragon a lot yeah pretty cool nice new objective it's in their unique it's not just like dragons in league how each one of them's a different like buff basically Mm -hmm. and i like how there's no like baron-esque feature and there's no like rift herald kind of thing and i did i like the teleport boots yeah we didn't really get to see much play out of that they tried once uh flash and and lance uh, or shinkai and i was kind of surprised they didn't not more people had teleport boots so maybe that won't be as crucial as an item but it will be important for certain situations like that but the dragons yeah at least there's like a reason for why we have dragons and like there's like a lore behind it it wasn't like oh we pick dragons just because that's what's in every other moba um some people are upset that they had they did pick dragons like there's tons of other creatures out there and since league does have dragons and that's like kind of like the main thing they market considering in their world's final they had like a fake dragon fly into the arena and it was like vr like virtual reality in um but i mean they have lore behind why there's dragons there's always been dragons in the lore so i guess that makes perfect sense like like we've said before, we can't just have magical things happen in the Vainglory world because there is lore connected to everything. There has to be an explanation. So, but like you said, they're they're unique. Like the dragon is basically the kraken. Like Black Claw is basically the kraken. You know, but he always pushes mid lane. He kind of has like a he can breathe fly, fire and has more of like a ranged attack. But like uh there's a lot more strategy to it you know it's not like you just stick on black claw and push with him like we saw the one three one push we saw just push black claw down the middle and make the team focus some members on that while we go take all objectives and clear vision there's just so much more that's going to happen now with that black claw uh objective mm-hmm. i am kind of disappointed with the jungle camps okay to be honest okay. i kind of wish that like they're like tree ants everywhere you know what i mean like Come on, yeah. can you just make 
like a handful, like five different creatures. Like, I don't want to be killing those all over the place. You know what I mean? Like, come up with something else. I know there's like a toad or something yeah. that they're going to replace <clears throat> one of them with, but like, why even use pose? Yeah. For, I don't know, just maybe, and it's not even like, I, I don't want to, like, I know nothing about game development and like design, but would it really be that hard to be like, let's look at a book of mythical creatures, throw darts at it, pick the five that the darts land on, and turn those into the jungle camps. Yeah. Because you see in every... There's, like, just different... You could, like, throw a spider. Or like, I mean, again, like, everything lore has to be relevant here. So I'm sure they could somehow mm-hmm. spin lore and get some different creatures out there. Um, the tra- Maybe the trance is just, like, their way of keeping to what Vanglory is and being unique in that way. Because I guess if they start throwing, like, a pack of you know, dogs or wolves in there and there's like one big one and three little ones. Everyone's like, oh, you copied League and everyone's going to start raging even more. (laughs) So, but I think the artwork and everything, they've said that so many times that it's not finalized. There's going to be a lot of things changing still. So like, who knows? Maybe that will be happening. I think the minions, uh, I'm interested to see like how normal they look compared to the 3v3 map. Obviously, there's like the captain minion and stuff. So that'll be interesting to see what changes, if anything changes there. But, you know, we saw the first really the first live version of 5v5. So there's still going to be things that change. And by the time we get to play it for early access, all those people that got lucky with the bugged uh, golden ticket box and got their ticket early, you know, we'll get our first look at that. We'll see uh, when things start changing throughout the early access of it. So um, what else was there on 5v5 that I was... Oh, the so Black Claw spawns at seven minutes. I'm interested to see if that's going to be way too early for anyone to even have a chance to take Black Claw that early. Because I felt like for the three matches we saw, no one even tried to touch Black Claw until 15 minutes, which that's when Ghostwing spawns, which is the second dragon. So I felt like even though seven minutes was early, I don't think anyone's going to be strong enough or maybe like in lower ranked matches, yes, like when the people suck and there's not much as, uh, you know, team conformity those we'll see uh black claw get taken by seven minutes but i think for the most part in true esports like the 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 highest competition i think it's gonna be pretty difficult to take black claw by seven minutes i could be wrong but also i really feel like that would facilitate snowballs way too easily because if you are really far ahead and then all of a sudden you take black claw it's like you know i mean that's like holy crap like yeah someone snowballing you and then you can get black claw we can get sorry which one is it it's black claw right at seven he's the one that pushes yeah so like you get a dragon at seven minutes and you're snowballing you're gonna have a 5v5 game over in like 50 yeah you know like maybe they should push it back a bit because the whole point 5v like 5v5 is really hard to snowball Mm -hmm. and i just hope that I just feel like that would just facilitate snowballs way. Yeah, that's what I'm interested in. We've seen snowballs being issued in 3v3, uh, and the the topic of 5v5 being how long do we want it? Does it need to be a little longer? Um, but you know, we saw in the NA SEA match, like that was a pretty long match. We saw, you know, North TSM with Shinkai, and they were like winning clearly. Like they got the, they stole Ghost Ghost Wing. They went and got Black Claw. They were pushing. You know really well and then SEA started team fighting better towards the end they got a couple wins and they ended up winning so it was like such back and forth a lot more intense than we've ever seen in 3v3 I feel like mm-hmm. yeah for sure I just think 
the level of competition that we're going to see is just going to be so awesome. It's yeah. going to be crazy. And the 5v5 will draw more players and increasing the player base. I'm excited to see like new faces come mm-hmm. onto the into the game like maybe people who were who are like high skill tier and other MOBAs and they're just like, "Oh, maybe I'll transition to Vainglory." Right. Yeah, I mean, if you get those those top challenger League of Legend teams that are players that quite can never make it into the the big deal, especially with, you know, LCS being so specific about what teams are in. Um, man, if you get some some good players from League come over and who knows what kind of uh, challenger teams now that will be starting to – those kids will start getting some more spotlight. So, But the big thing, too, is thinking about how much 3v3 has changed. You know, think back to Jungle Shop in the middle constantly. Think back to Flares, like, could reveal you no matter where you were. There's been so much changes to 3v3 that's made it so much better. 5v5 that we just saw could be so different 5v5 worlds from a year from now. When we see 5v5 again, maybe in a whole year and how much it's changed, it's going to be interesting to see how many big updates and major changes they have to rework things just because it's just not quite working out like they thought it would. I'm guessing we'll probably see like two or three hero reworks and then a bunch of items. I think maybe a couple new items, maybe some item changes. Mm -hmm. I just think... I mean, like I've, I've, I, we were, I was messaging you in game actually while we were waiting for a queue or something, but like wave clearing potential is going to become really huge in five v five when it comes to like split pushing and stuff. It's Ringo just has like he he's going to suffer a lot and he's not going to have AOE damage and like Ringo when you play him it's to blow someone up mm. like one, right? And like at least Taka. Like, you can blow someone up, but then you can, like, Kaku out, and, you know, you have this ability to rinse and repeat with Taka. Right. But with Ringo, it's like, I am all in, I'm going to blow you up, and now there's only one person left, so we win this 3v5. hmm But it's a lot easier to win a 4v5 than it is to win a 2v3. So I feel like Ringo just loses all his value in 5v5. Yeah, that... Like you mentioned, you you sent me a list of heroes, and literally every kind of major laner has a good, decent AOE damage that can spread damage out, and Ringo is definitely specifically probably made for 3v3. So yeah, we'll see what they can change with him. If they do, or maybe he will still be that person in 5v5 who is kind of like, yeah, he's going to be a hyper carry, but if he gets jumped at all, he'll become pretty useless if he gets blown up early on. Because we saw we saw Ringo in some of those five v five showcase matches. So, I mean, we mm-hmm. actually we actually saw him be decently viable. We saw a lot of Glaze, which I was surprised because if you think about his knockback, his whole point in three v three is to you know eliminate one player. So if he can knock, if he can use his uh, afterburn knock back to carry. You know, there's only like a captain and maybe the jungler to attack that glaive. But now if he dives into five members and only knocks back one, now there's four members who could easily blow him up. So it'll be interesting to see if he is actually viable. You know, we saw a lot of like Baptiste because he has like a lot of CC, a lot of, you know, there's just going to be so much things mm-hmm. that we're going to find that are OP and something that needs to be reworked. That's going to be pretty interesting. Well, I think it's interesting is I think glaive is going to be played a lot differently in 5v5 because like, I don't know if you play League, but do you know Lee Sin in League? The guy with the kick? Yep. 
I mean, that kick is for kicking people away, right? Mm, yeah. Like, I feel like Glaive will be used like that. You know, like traditionally in 3v3, the afterburn, you afterburn past someone and punt them backwards. Right. I think it's going to be used more to punt them forwards hmm. in 5v5. Yeah. And just push them away instead of like pull them towards us. And then if he, because he'll be afterburning towards his carry, pushing someone off them. Yeah. And then yeah. he's not exposed. You know he's with his carry. I think it'll be used more in that, in that sense. Yeah, that makes sense that way. It's more of a, definitely more of a traditional peel instead of uh, just trying to set up a team fight. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, he'll still be able to use it for ganking in the early stages. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah. I, I think that I think that just you're, people are going to have to learn how to play heroes a little differently in five v five. Yeah, we saw some teams do the traditional, like, two people in the bottom. And then we saw, like, Flash and Shinkai, and they kind of stuck together a lot. And, like, Shin did rotate for most of it. The thing that was most interesting between all the matches, I don't know if you want to talk about it real quick. Uh, we're already at 45 minutes, classic uh, classic us. But uh, uh, was the Spell Sword. Like, Spell Sword was being built on, like, that Glaive and that Lance, a lot of utility heroes. They, they had three Spell Swords. That's all they were building. Yeah, I've seen like people build that because spell sword offers a lot of cooldown and a good amount of weapon power because it gives you that heavy steel. Mm-hmm. So I think there's gonna have to be they might have to change something about cooldown from the same items not stacking, right, or something like that. Because which I think would make a little bit of sense, like that if you have cool, like cooldown especially. Not stacking, I think, would be something that's useful because that would get rid of that like five spell sword build like right away. Yeah. Because I mean, the reason why they're stacking it is just so they can get weapon power and cooldown. Yeah, because the lance was still doing decent damage, but with three spell swords like that, I mean, how the Githian walls and the impales you can do so you know so quickly during a five v five map. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see. Which heroes, like we already talked about, that become OP. I don't know. Lance, for me, like, oh, God, there's so many corridors and walls and stuff you can knock people into. But just playing AOV has completely confirmed that 5v5 mat team fights, because I've played a little league, but other than that, like, 5v5 team fights are so much fun. You can actually win a 4v5 when you're down one man. A lot can happen. Mm-hmm. And just watching those 5v5 matches in Vanglory, like, you're seeing, like, true hyper carries. Like, we saw Best Chuck, you know, zero defense we saw some celeste with just five item crystal they truly are like if anyone touches me i will die but if i can stay safe and have four people protect me and be my front wall like then like they're just gonna sit there and carry yeah and what i'm excited for is like as a solo queue player pretty much all i do you know know, right now if one of your teammates decides that they don't want to play and that they're gonna act like a child the game's over like Mm -hmm. we experienced that literally just before Yep. recording this today but in four in 5v5 you know if someone wants to act like a child and not participate you can still win a 4v5 game mm-hmm. so i'm excited for that yeah it definitely is less tilting when in aov i've had a couple afks and i was like all right i mean there's still four people we still got everything pretty much covered here i think we if we all perform better than you know group up and get some team fights i've definitely won some games it's less like defeating when you see someone not playing if you have like a captain a carry and a jungler and your carries afk it's just you and your captain you're just like all right this is pointless now like it's almost immediately so hard to 
to try to win that. I mean, I, I've done it very rarely, but that's just because the other team was just terrible. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think five, not to five. mention there's way more, there's way more farm to go around. So everyone can chill out. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> you know, like, Oh, you took one of my minions. It's like, there's three lanes, man. Calm. <laughs> you have plenty of minions go elsewhere. You know? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. We didn't really see, like, for instance, like the whole, like, the TSM. I'm still pointing back to that match because that's the one I've watched twice already. You know, Vonsi was the jungler, but he went bot lane with uh, um, with Lucky Bread. And we saw Shin, like, picking up uh, jungle farm. But for the most part, it was kind of like there's just a lot of laners rotating and also picking up jungle farm just to get more farm, the healing, the, you know, the different buffs. Uh, so I think they'll just be, it'll be interesting to see what kind of gets set as meta and how much that changes once it starts happening. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, all right. Well, anything else for 5v5 or uh, anything else for Worlds then that you saw that was, again, I guess there's really not, this is the last 3v3 Worlds we'll have. You know, we really won't be able to reference this Worlds too much going into the future because, you know, last year or this year, we were always like, oh, Rockstar Armada last year was most dominant. But going into Worlds for 2018, we'll be like, well, last year was 3v3, so nothing really matters. So I think 2018 is just going to be a completely new game, completely different year. And basically anything up to this point, it will be kind of pointless. <laughs> yeah, I guess the only thing I have left to say is that time. Time for rolling. Yep, time for rolling. Yes, we do need uh, members. So shout out to Polly who tweets that out and then asks people to retweet it. But then his Twitter's private, and I couldn't retweet it. Well, listen, I'm <laughs> like I'm a scared. I'm scared. People, like, I feel like <laughs> no one. I don't want like my coworkers. Wait a minute. No. This is you. What a nerd! <laughs> like <laughs> this is your Twitter. Like it's it was bad enough. Like I won't even let my girlfriend. No, I'm like funny. no, I, you can't. You can't. Un, you can't know. You can't know what I like. No. She listened to the last episode of the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I listened to it to be supportive and everything, but it was like I was an anthropologist listening to a lost civilization because I didn't understand anything. Oh, oh yeah. I definitely know you're talking about my my mom has listened to episodes before. My girlfriend definitely has listened to a few, and she's like, "You guys are speaking a different language. I don't get what you're saying." <laughs> yeah. For- Back yeah, to like, what? Go say on. It was, needs, all I had to say was time needs. Yes, time. <laughs> time mean time needs members. So shout out to Polly on Twitter if you can find him, and if you can actually tweet at him if it, if his Twitter allows you to do that, uh, or just join mm-hmm. our Discord. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have. Polly and I are probably gonna go try to play more ranked and get get another troll captain who likes to tell us what to do and then decides to just to run past turrets and die. Uh, so it's great. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming on, man. Yep. Thanks for tuning in to Time for Rolling. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play Music and subscribe for weekly episodes. Follow us on Twitter at Time for Rolling and at TFR underscore esports. Until next week for another edition of Time for Rolling. Time for rolling.